We start in Titty City, where Brees Hall American Rejects has been the dirty little secret in the NFL, and Esto hacked into the archives to get the passcode from Cochran's Wood. Cooper Rush got the Cowboys sorority through Hell Week, or should I say Hell Month, and the mayor and his big sister, C.D. Lamb, are on the recruiting trail with their pitch. I'm the mayor of Titty City, and this is my sister for life, C.D., and we want you to rush Alpha feet. Tenney wanted Austin Eckler carried off the field in a Hayden Hurst on Monday night. But it was Tenney singing, I'm a kiss a girl and I liked it. The taste of JD is tragic. I'm a kiss a girl and she's pregnant. I need back Josh Jacobs' magic. Mayor, 110.7. Tenney, 106.2. Some sprag. Tick, 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 tick. Tick, 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 tick. Next, we head to the Big Ten West, game of the week, where offense is optional. The bread factory went up in flames, Robinson, and it was Osh, who thought fast and ran fast to make it out of the fire. Osh issued a statement after the victory. I played a game earlier tonight that went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I hurt anyone out there, I cannot say enough from the bottom of my heart. I am very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith, as there's a deep drive into left field by Castellanos, and it will be a home run. So it will be a 77-73.4 ball game. Where was I? Oh, yes. I'd like to apologize for absolutely nothing. Osh, 77. Oh, no. Loaf, 73.4. Oh, no. We now go to the library, where one team clearly studied more than the other. Despite Bustin Herbert failing to get a touchdown, it was Ken Bone Walker who snuck up from behind, doggy style, and made Jacob Barkley. Jason Michael Myers has this team in the chase in October, but Will was handing out nothing but Ramounds Dre Stevenson to the poor kids at Cochran's Wood. Jacob was caught singing on Monday night following the loss. What do Kyler's dream of when they take a little Kyler snooze? Do they dream of Marquise Brown having another year with injury news? Well, 114.3, Jacob, 100.1. What? 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 Next, to Lincoln East, where Prom Brady stood up Z-Tech, and it's clear he miscalculated his chances to Melvin Scordon on prom night. With this 1-5 record, Sammy welcomes the return of Prescott, and he's saying, I'm fully prepared to suck his dack if he helps Z-Tech avoid the comedy set. Lamar Slackson has been skipping work the last few weeks, and Nate has been switching back and forth between the Damian Pierce and the Zeke Eloquent, and he could really use a Kenneth Walker right about now. Dawson Monkey Knox might be the bump Nate needs at tight end, but don't tell Matt Gay that he might get kicked to the curb as a result. Nate, 108.3, Z-Tech, 92.1. Last to the Class A football playoffs, where Lighting couldn't cheat his way through this one. Sloan shot his shot with Alec Baldwin-Pierce, and it proved to be a loaded gun, much to the surprise of Lighting. R.I.P. E. No. Benjamin 
wasn't the yes man needed in the flex, but it was Lenny Kravitz Fournette who said, I belong to you, Sloan K. Clyde Edwards Beware has hit rock bottom for lighting, and he's saying, I'm going to need Trubisky glasses because I don't want to see the truth. Deontay's probably making now on a couch right now with Chase Claypool. I'm going to need Trubisky glasses if I'm going to make it through. If I'm going to be single, I'm going to need a double shot of Kenny Pickett, too. Sloan, 107. Lighting, 102. All right, it's time for another Archive Stat of the Week. We heard from a couple of people over the weekend that there might be some interest in looking at the low point totals as a league that we've had thus far. Um, compare it to our league history to see where it stacks up just because it definitely feels like we're trending towards the lowest point total in league history. And it sounds like based off of that tweet or screenshot that Matt provided that it might be the case for just fantasy football in general that we're seeing lower numbers than ever before. Um, and so the archives has always been and always will be for the people. And whenever a request is made, I want to make sure I can grant it. So I promise we will get to that. But I think we'll wait till next week when we're at the midway point. Um, it just feels like the right number halfway through the regular season to take the time to do that. Uh, there's a lot of buys this week, so I certainly expect the trends to continue. But much more importantly, I would just absolutely hate for Matt and Aaron's putrid performance to go unchecked. So today we're going to look at some of the lowest point totals in individual matchups in league history. Matt and Aaron's performance last week slots in at number seven all time for lowest points total combined in an individual matchup. They scored 150.4 points total. And in case you were living under a rock all weekend, Aaron took the victory with just 77 points. But like I just said, that's only seventh all time. I was actually a little surprised by that. I thought it would be a lot higher on the list. Um, so as bad as it may have felt over the weekend, it turns out we've seen some far worse outcomes in our league's past. The number one lowest point total came back in 2017 when Luke, Luke took down Aaron 64.7 to 46.8. That's a total of 111.5 points. Yes, Luke won with less than 65 points. Absolutely disgusting. And in the year before that, back in 2016, Matt took down Drew, shout out Drew, and he only had to score 69.1 points total to get the victory. And I don't know if you caught that, but there's an interesting trend there. Matt and Aaron were both involved in the two lowest point totals in league history. And we see them pop up again after this week's poor performance. Well, it turns out that they've actually been involved in 6 out of 10 of our lowest points scored in individual matchups combined in our league's history. Two times head-to-head -head and four times individually. I don't know about you guys, but that seems a little fishy to me. And as the first father of our league once said, stats don't lie. There's your Week 7 Cochrane Archive Stat of the Week. All right, kettlebells. It is Week 7. And this was a good week. Uh, it was a great week for parity. A great week for the league. Uh, we created some parity in the standings. You know, Loaf loses to Osh, so first loses to 10th. And, you know, say what you want about Osh's team, but a W is a W. And he, you know, it wasn't pretty, but he grinded it out. He got the victory. Loaf might not have been at full strength, but a, a win is a win. And in this league, you have to win. You have to win in this league. And there was a, a little chirp that came from the peanut gallery um, on that statement. And I, I'd like to explain myself a little bit. In this league specifically, there is a punishment waiting for you at the end of the season. So winning is paramount. 
Uh, we could talk about pro pro sports leagues, right? We could talk about the NFL. If you're one in seven, do you want to win out? Do you, or is there incentive to going one in 15? If your team is cheeks, you know, you get the number one draft pick. Maybe there's a quarterback waiting for you. I mean, saying that you have to win in those leagues. Yes, you do. Maybe from a coach standpoint, not getting fired, but in this league specifically, there's a punishment waiting for you at the end of the year. So you have to win because it's not fun being in that punishment, punishment conversation. I've been there two years ago. I was in that conversation and it's a grind. You wake up every day, the lineup decisions get a little bit harder. The games mean a little bit more. There's pressure. It's demoralizing when you lose every week. Uh, the pressure builds as the season goes on. You keep losing. And, you know, Z-Tech right now, he's 1-5. Maybe his, his record isn't indicative of his team. But I guarantee that guy's scared. At 1-5, there's not, there's not a lot of hope at this point. And what if he keeps losing? And there's always that in the back of your mind, because the more you lose, the less you win. And the less you win, the more the pressure builds. And those decisions become a little bit harder. They mean a little bit more. So in this league in particular, you have to win. And so that's my stance. And yeah, you could say you have to win in every single league out there. But it's this league that there's the punishment that needs to be served at the end of the year. So Pitt versus the Palace this week. The Palace actually went three and two, picked up wins from Will, Osh, Nate. And the Pitt goes two and three with wins from Sloan and Esto. So the Palace takes the week. Uh, Osh pointed out the fun stat that two-time champs were two and oh this week. And then another fun one, former punishment doers were 0-4. So Z-Tech, Lighting, Tenny, Jacob, 0-4. So bad week for the former punishment doers. Good week for the Palace. And this one coming up is actually roommate week. So every matchup features uh, two people that room together at their during their time at Wesleyan except for Z-Tech and Jacob. They're the only non-roommates playing each other this week. So Aaron and Trev uh, go have to go back to the White Sweets. Uh, Will and Jesse go back to the Dupe. Nate, Matt, the Dupe. And Sloan, John, the Dupe. So roommate week. It's a good one. Um, and I'm just going just gonna to give you guys another football sandwich this week. No guest. Going to take a break from that life. Uh, give you maybe a little shorter podcast. And No Loaf's Lock also this week. I think he, I don't know if it was strategic that he wanted to stay above 500. Maybe he just didn't like the board this week. But Loaf did not submit a lock, so he stays four and three on the on the young season. And the last kind of housekeeping item is the watch. I don't think it, I, I think it's going to go unchanged this week. I think it's still... Z-Tech and Osh. And yes, Osh won. I know that. He's still, you know, towards the bottom of points four. And, you know, he gets swift back, but man, it's it's still looking pretty bleak for for our young Osh. 
So those two stay on. Z-Tech's obvious. He's one in five. Uh, and, you know, he, he can make every excuse in the book. But at the end of the day, he's one in five. So a couple more things. There were big trades. And the mayor of Titty City is just slinging deals. He knows the election's coming up. He knows he has to make some moves around the city to put himself in a position for the election, right? And so he makes the trade for George Kittle, just straight up for uh, Devontae Smith. And it's a, you know, I think it's a good trade for both parties. Z-Tech gets a much needed flex guy. He adds depth. Uh, He's going to have to rely on Higby, but Higby's second in targets for the Rams. So, uh, you know, maybe he's a tight end he can rely on. And then Esto gets Kittle right in time for the Dallas Goddard bye. And now he kind of has an insurance policy at tight end to play matchups. So I think it's a good trade for both guys. Uh, Talked about the Brees Hall trade already. Swaps Keenan Allen for Brees Hall. I think that's a good trade for both guys. Obviously, Brees Hall looks like an absolute just stallion. But, you know, Keenan Allen's a good player. And Will has enough running backs in the stable right now that he could kind of afford to make that move. So, and then last but not least, uh, Esto gets Jonathan Taylor. And I don't want to, like, sit here and defend myself about trading Jonathan Taylor. Um, It was mostly, you know, Leonard Fournette outscored Jonathan Taylor in games that they both played in total points. Um, It was mostly to upgrade the running back two position. Uh, I get... ETN, who I think is better than James Robinson. I think he's going to take over the backfield. I could be dead wrong, but he's outsnapped James Robinson the last three weeks. And so, you know, losing Javante Williams kind of wanted to upgrade the RB2 position. And JT plays five or four, five top 12 defenses in the next uh, seven weeks. So five out of the next seven weeks are against top 12 defenses. And You know, I just don't have great vibes about JT right now. So John gets the best player in the trade. Uh, John's team is an absolute wagon. If JT turns into the 2021 JT, then I may have just handed John the title. And I'll live with that decision. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if I wouldn't have made that trade, I'd be 3-3 and right now. And instead, I'm 4-2. and You know, I would have relied on Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard again, who, who got like a combined seven points last week and instead you get Fournette and ETN they get 31 and I beat Dread by five so you can say long term it might not be a great move uh short term it, it certainly was I would I would be sitting at three and three but you never know uh obviously I gave up the best guy in the trade so you never like to do that okay football sandwich John versus Tenny John making moves during the campaign trail his team has become an absolute wagon. He has a ton of depth. He drafted well, which is why he's been able to kind of move these chess pieces around and get like big name guys. So he still has a quarterback problem. Um, Aaron Rodgers has not been it. Jared Garf was not it. And now he's going to go Derek Carr and we'll see if, if he can start the car. Uh, Tenny still has the, running back depth and it just reared its ugly head this week jd mckissick off off waivers proved not to be the guys shockingly and then he's still got a tight end problem uh tenny has gotten 5.7 points 
in the last five weeks at tight end. 5.7 points total over a five-week span. He went 0. 0.8, 1.5, That is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my entire life. Two gooses, a 0. 0.8, a 1.5, and a 3.4 over the last five weeks. Tight end is bleeding for Tenny. Hollywood is bleeding. Uh, Lowe versus Osh. It's the PU matchup of the week. It was a Big Ten West game. Um, you know, just defense and special teams, really. No offense. Offense was purely optional. It was an unwatchable matchup. Taysom came back to earth for Osh. Uh, Geno Smith was bad, but I don't know if Russ is better. I don't know. He gets Swift coming back, and hopefully he gets Connor coming back. So, you know, it can get going for Osh here. And then Loaf just – he loses on the bye week, basically, but gets a lot of them out of the way. It's not a terrible way to do it because now going forward, he's got a lot of his buys behind him, and he's going to take advantage of that playing against other guys who have buys. And then, you know, no worries for Loaf going forward. But flex could be scary. I don't know. Depends on what, like, James Robinson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. It You know, he's kind of got these these – Guys, I don't know, just guys. And then Jacob against Will. Jacob loses Hollywood for a number of weeks, which is scary. But, you know, he's that's why you draft Adam Thielen. He's kind of a security blanket. He, he most for the most part, just gets you a, a decent amount of points. So, you know, loses Hollywood, that's going to hurt. Um, and then Jacob just, Kamara and Cook, that's who he's going to rely on. They're confirmed good. And his defense has continued to struggle. He's got 20 points now over the last six weeks from defense. So he got one point this past week, which adds to his season total, makes it a cumulative 20 over six weeks. So Jacob has a defense problem. I don't, I don't know if he's bad at picking them. I don't know if it's just not going well, but it's a problem. Uh, the Will Wagon moves forward. He trades Brees, but it really doesn't matter because he has Ramondre, Stephen Goat, Ramon Goat, Goat, Mondre, Stephen Goat. And Kenneth Walker, I mean, and Saquon. So it's like he's all four of those guys would be smash matchups. So he'd just have to probably make the wrong decision every week if he still had Brees. But Will still kind of has a, t- a tight end problem. And and Herbert, I don't know if he's a bust. I don't know if he's just worse without Keenan Allen, but he's not playing well. So it's tight end and quarterback that Will kind of needs to figure out. Obviously, it's Justin Herbert. He's going to be fine. And Keenan Allen comes back. But he, you know, who knows? Uh, Nate versus Z-Tech. Nate, back to the law firm. They deliver. And, you know, Montgomery and Elliott. Hey, there's two, There, there's worse guys to rely on. He still has Damian Pierce, who was on by. So I think his running back thing is a little bit less of a problem. And then Tyreek is just a cheat code. He's got Cooper Cup's bye week this week, so that could be very tough for the team. But, uh, but you know, Tyreek, he's he's so good. And then Z-Tech's just in shambles. Uh, Melvin Gordon was a massive yikes in the flex this week. He's got a 1-5 record. I think it's deceptive, but I, I don't really know if it is. Like, Jamar Chase finally got going. I think he's going to be fine. He's getting Dak back this week. And then he gets Devontae Smith from Esto. So, 
I think his team's getting better, and I think, you know, it's, he's not going to lose out or anything like that. I think he's going to be able to stack up some wins and make this thing interesting. Um, and at the end of the day, I think his team might be better than Osh and Trev's. But I don't really know if it I, – I don't know if I can say that definitively. You know, he's got Higby at tight end, who that's taking a big shot, you know, based on what's happened so far this year. But at the end of the day, it's, it's Tyler Higby. So who really knows? Um, last but not least, Kamish versus Trevor Lighting. And Trev's trade is looking worse now over the last two weeks. But I think, you know, he added a ton of depth with that trade. So I still, I still stamp of a, give the stamp of approval on the trade. But Clyde didn't do very well. Miles Sanders has actually been really good. And then Deontay just has a quarterback problem. He's getting targets. He just can't. Like, there's just no juice from that quarterback spot. And uh, Chase Claypool kind of came in and swooped some of the some of the yardage. So I think Trevor will be fine. Joe Burrow is is coming into his own. Uh, he looks very good. Scored 35 points. And, you know, Trev just has to grind like he always does. He's just got to be the lunch pail Gretna grinder. And I think he can do that. I I hope he can do that. Um, and then Sloan K had, you know, the, the trade come in this week really helped. And then Amon Ra was on by, which, which was scary. He had to kind of go to the waiver wire for a wide receiver. And luckily Alec Pierce came through and then it's Jalen Hurts, it's Mark Andrews. And that's kind of how it goes. And, you know, there's definitely – it's. I'm in second place in the standings. There's definitely fraud talk going on because I don't think this is the second-best roster in the league. But a win's a win, and we move forward. So, everybody, good luck this week, except for the mayor. But the mayor, good luck in your campaign trail. Uh, that has nothing to do with fantasy football. So, good luck there. I know the, the, the uh, election's coming up. So, good luck. As always, fuck you guys.